Episode 60 of Mad About Hoops. We are nearing March Madness. I cannot believe it's almost here. I'm Timmy Hall. He's Evil Bald Colin. Evil, good to see you, man. How about these Ohio State Buckeyes? We're coming off of a tremendous road win at number 15, Illinois. What a time to be alive. You're down 13. You're up 16. You almost give it all away. You wind up winning by three. You All's know good. That, uh, that bit by John Rothstein where it says, grab your nitroglycerin pills? I think <laughs> I think that's just an advertisement for Ohio State fans because I don't... Man, at some point I said less that I got to stop checking my Apple Watch heart monitor because it peaked during the final couple minutes there after oh, the under four. Did, did it really? Dude, it's, did your Apple Watch oh, say something I to was, you? I was saying things in, oh, in the God. living room I don't ever want to ever repeat, but I was so frustrated with oh. how those final minutes were going. And they pulled it out. That's really how could that's you all not, that How could you not be? How could you not be frustrated? Because <laughs> there were there were times in that game where I knew Ohio State was going to win. I mean, I think everybody knew Ohio State was going to win when Illinois is completely losing its composure. And But at the same time, it was giving you its best punches with the way they were just shooting these random, like, oh, yeah. hilarious, almost hilarious three-point shots. But it just, you had, you know, baby Katie there, Brad Underwood, <laughs> so we can call him. Really, you stare at his face. I think That's I saw Gene somebody Katie. else say, I thought I saw somebody else say that. Jared Smalley from yeah. NBC4 said it. And I said, dude, I've been saying that for a couple years. He is Gene Katie reincarnate. It's, it's creepy. It's crazy there. But you're up that many points with five or six to go, and he blows a gasket. Kofi's out of the game. He gets a second technical. You make the technical free throws. You made some technical free throws already in this game, too, with the, the elbows that were flying. So you, you, you knew Ohio State was going to win. And then when they made that run and give that crazy man credit, it all stemmed from the WWE-style pump-up as he left the gym and sure enough, a 16-point lead turns into a one-point lead. But Did really, they score like 11 straight possessions after that? It or was. Or something like that? It was, might have been 12. Might have been 12. Where they either get a, got a field goal or made free throws. It's nuts. But I, I kind of knew in my heart, oh, crap. You know? Oh, shit. They're going to lose. <laughs> you know? Like that, this college basketball, they're going to lose. And it was when... Give that Coleman Hawkins kid he's, a he's lot really of credit. Good. What really a good. tremendous game. Felt like he scored 30 in it. But when he made Kyle blow by him and then got the two-handed because dunk. Because he's so dangerous as a, as a deep shooter, sure. too. But it was just a great play. I mean, what mm -hmm. else can you say? And the crowd was so into it when he had that slam. And that brought him within four with, what, a minute 50 or 205 left? That's kind of when I said, oh, shit. Like, it's over. <laughs> like, they're yeah, going to come back and was, win. Oh, boy. It wasn't as much as that as them just taking the load in their pants, trying to get the ball across half court on that one possession. Um, where it's just, it's just like, you know, you have got to use that final timeout. Just get it out of way. Just calm it down. Get to a break. Like, you got to cut some type of some type of break into this action because the momentum was just mounting. And again, this is total credit to Illinois. They're built like a team that can make a run in the tournament. They've got perimeter shooting. They've got a big man that on most nights is unstoppable, but Kyle Young and Zed Key and company made their way with them. Uh, you just got, there's, there's a mixture. There's a way you can look at it. And I, and I voiced you, I was frustrated with how some of the things went in those final four minutes. But at the same time, if Illinois is going to make some of these circus shots from three point landing, one guy's going to make eight or nine of them. I mean, you just got to tip your cap at that point because the way you hold on in a game like that and they still do that is impressive. I want to get more of your take on the Buckeyes and part of how we're going to do that, this this will be kind of neat what we'll do. Part of what you'll hear 
on the podcast recording is something that is going to air on my show, the Buckeye show on Friday night, February 25th, because we're jacked up about this game. The Buckeyes still have four regular season games to go so they can take this Illinois win. And it was looking like, you know, at a time on Monday, it looked like they're going to drop that Indiana game. Then they're going to one of the toughest games left on the schedule. Really one of the toughest games all season. Like it's held up this Illinois game. You could have circled it on the schedule quad one true road win. So they get that done. Now they got a chance to finish the week unblemished if they can go and do it Sunday against Maryland. So part of your analysis on the Buckeyes will be, it's not really a simulcast because we're taping the podcast, (laughs) but it will air and it will be like it's live for the people that hear it on the show, which will be a CBJ shorty because we only have 30 minutes, which is why it's a good day to talk some more basketball and do a podcast. And I want to get your take on just the big 10 in general. Now that you've seen pretty much the whole season of basketball with these teams and what you think they're going to do. And evil is getting excited about something in particular. That's right around the corner. This is mad about hoops. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backboard. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He He hit it just inside of half court. Lane's on the other wing. Bang! Oh! 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 Sent it in, Jerome! getting close it's almost accurate with Gus Johnson we live in a March state of mind 12 months out of the year so I can't wait for the John Rostin tweets on Monday night going mm, into Tuesday right so (laughs) what what is it when it actually gets to March then is what I was going to ask you how much better is it we live live in March 12 months out of the year so what happens to our minds when it's actually March it's the greatest month of the year man I mean it's just you you build up all this anticipation throughout the season some people start in January. We start back in, I mean, honestly, September, October, where we're starting to watch these preseason happenings going on. But the secret practices, the secret pa- right, practices. Yeah. We love that. God, we're a long way away from Ohio State getting out muscled against Ole Miss, aren't we? Oh my God, maybe, uh, maybe Marshall Henderson showed up for that practice. That's was that so his name? funny because he was on he was on the staff as of, a, as of the last couple of years, but I guess he just mer- mysteriously disappeared from the program. He was on the staff. He was coaching with them a little bit, yes, uh, but not this year. He wasn't on the staff going into into this year. Seems like, I don't know why, I feel like Frank Martin would have loved a dude like that. You with me? Yeah. Seems like his kind of guy. I think Frank Martin would be really into him. And I think I'd want to play for Frank Martin. That's so funny you say that because I was reading a Seth... uh, Seth uh, Davis. Seth da- Davis. Seth Davis. On, uh, was yeah. he have I was some thinking of Seth on Towns that? for some reason, but no, <laughs> Seth Davis. Uh, he put an article together on The Athletic talking about the coaching carousel that's going to happen, and he thinks there's a really weird vibe coming out of South Carolina because they're, they're, fu- they're, I think, fifth in, in the, the SEC. But it's a scenario pretty, where they think. That's pretty good in that they, conference. They think, or at least he believes it could be like a, a shock of smart where, you know, maybe he gets out of ahead of it and maybe goes and takes a different job somewhere else. But uh, no, South Carolina is a tough job. And the, the fact that he got them to a, a final four is just still amazing to think about. 
I think he's a fantastic coach. Absolutely. I think he is one of the more underrated coaches in America. And is there a comparison to Holtman there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's like that, but because I'm not looking at his resume, I just really, I, I don't know. I don't know why I stumbled coaching on him. Coaching styles, no. Thought about him. Coaching styles, no. I don't think so. But if you look at the, if you look at the stops, right? He is a guy that has taken some gigs in the major conferences, mm-hmm. and he has elevated them, right? I think he's a guy that has maximized where he has been, as evidenced by what you just said and what they did with the run. At South Carolina, that started so what, what you're with telling win, me is, started with the win over Duke, did yeah, it not? No, it definitely did. So you're, you're, you're telling me EJ Liddell is Michael Beasley, correct? Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael Beasley, I think, did Michael Beasley not play? Now I got to research the Huggy that, Bear I, I, year. I, you know what? But Frank Martin did recruit him. You're right about that. Your memory's correct. Frank now Martin was I key think about in recruiting him, and I think he was a one and done too. He was a one and done. Yes. That was a bit. That was big news for Kansas State, though. But he had some other great players. Now I got to look this up. Jacob Poland, Kansas State. Poland was a right? very good player. Yes. I mean, they had some teams at K-State when he was leading them. And he put the Power Cats back onto the map. But So he was the head coach from 07 to 12. Mm-hmm. Mm. At K-State? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Well, by the way, South Carolina, you... He would have were... coached him. He, he was in the 08 draft. He was in the 08 draft. Yeah. Well, I know he coached him. He was he was an assistant under Huggy Bear, and I think Huggy only wound up staying there two seasons, maybe three. So it it, it rolled on to Frank Martin and became his program, and that was cool. But you're you're right with the the South Carolina call; they're right in the thick of it. They're above 500 in a really good conference the right team now. You don't hear in the bubble talk. No, though. you don't hear them. You don't hear about them. And how many are they supposed to take in the SEC? Are they looking at about just like the five, five, uh, maybe six? I think it was between five or six. Yeah. I, I, so they're right there. Lunardi just updated it as of Friday morning, so I'm, I'm not sure where he's straddling that line, but yeah, it was around there. They're right there. I was looking at South Carolina's resume, just uh, sidetracks, right, on uh, Mad About Hoops, the podcast. It's just all about basketball, though, so who cares? They did beat Georgetown, who's not Which good. Which is nothing. They yeah. haven't won a game in the Big East. And they beat Florida State. 66 which has been on a, a spiral downward yeah yeah there were i mean that's too bad because most too many injuries they've been mo- dealing most with all years a, a win over the Knolls is impressive oh yeah and i'm not going to say it's not impressive i mean still that you showed well, up on the, the schedule early game, in the year they were all healthy they beat duke at home so. yeah yeah hey what i what i teased there before you heard the open tell them what you're so excited about you're you're building things on excel spreadsheets you do this every year you have easily got to be the most excited guy in america about all of these things dude i love it this is the reason why i purchased a um subscri- a sub i basically subbed a sub? i subbed to uh espn plus so I, I you can watch all of these conference tournament games, Look, whether it's from the Northeast Conference that starts Monday, which again we're gonna be paying attention that's to. That's outstanding. All I mean the the SoCon, the Big South, you name it, all all of those games get put on there, and I'll be in the studio while we're doing shows, watching it daytime, on my, baby, on my desktop. Absolutely. Daytime basketball, and and if you don't sub to ESPN Plus, there's so much basketball on it, and it's worth it this lump, time of year. You gotta lump in the Hulu Disney Plus thing, and it's only like thirteen or fourteen bucks a month. I mean, come on. Like you have to do it, but you're you're setting up your pools, your mm-hmm. conference tournament pools. Tell everybody how it works. If people want to set up their own pools and get in on this, everything that you ask 
your friends to do for these. Yeah, I'm kind of a degenerate with it. But uh, no, this is uh, the one year or the one and a half years I was in engineering it helped with my Excel skills. So I, I basically built a platform where <laughs> people can go in and submit their champions and runner-ups to every single conference tournament. And I have an algorithm that when I put in the actual results, it will you know, highlight color the answer and whether they got it correct, and it'll add like a tally to whether they got it correct or incorrect. And there you go. It helps me with my math of adding up the scores. I and do, you figured out the functions yourself. I, I have the functions like for all them that. Up on the really, internet all or? I have to do is just add up how many teams they've made. Just made the, if you make the championship game, okay. I give you two points per team that does that. If you get the runner-up correctly, I add an extra three. If you get the champion correct, I add an extra five. So you just do a, a couple little addition functions in there. Real simple stuff. Uh, yeah, for the most part, it's simple, and then I just kind of do some math on the fly. Yeah, and math on the fly does sound daunting when you're talking about a you know a couple of college basketball nuts. Even though we do think in uh, terms of statistics, we're I pretty mean, good we, with our averages. We use Ken Pomeroy, and yeah. all of his stuff is based off of math. Yeah, and so is as you're getting ready for this, you know, I actually caught a little bit of Mountain West basketball the other night because I'm uh, I'm starting to get my degenerate hat on too, where I'm watching anything that's on and just keeping at least one of the TVs in the house locked on CBS Sports Network, right? So you get some deep track basketball yeah. games. And I was pleased to see how good Wyoming and Colorado State both are. And also the Boise State Broncos Welcome on board. have put together a nice little program. But that was a good game between Wyoming and Colorado State earlier this week. And at San Diego State, yeah. that's going to be a conference that's really interesting because a lot of people would have thought maybe one or two teams. This is a conference that could have four teams in the tournament. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. It's insane. That's not the Mountain West that still has Utah in it. But just yeah. there's, a, there's a number of guys in this league that, honestly, I think you could put up buckets anywhere you put them. David Roddy, Isaiah Stevens down with Colorado State. They could play anywhere in the country. Uh, Wyoming's got a guy in the name of Graham Ike who's a really good forward, averages close to 20 points a game, if I'm not mistaken. I put Wyoming in the category of, I think that's, that's good. they're in the mix of like an eight, nine matchup, according to Lenardi. I don't know if he dropped them after that loss to Colorado state, but that's a team. If you're seeing them in the one, eight matchup, you might not look at it and say, you know, there's, there's something there, but really that's a team that could scare a one seed. And you know, before, before we get back into the Buckeyes and the big 10, I got to, uh, I got to call an on the fly mid major flavor for you. And okay. I have not heard you talk about these guys enough. And I was going to ask the question, you know, which of these small conference tournaments gets you jacked up the most? I know how big a fan you are of the Belmont Bruins program. <laughs> and how about the game that was this week? Oh, my Dude, goodness, man. fans, there is a top 20 nationally ranked team in this conference. Oh, the, the old fighting Isaiah Cannons, Murray State, the Racers are number 19. They're 17 and 0 in that league. Give them a, a round of applause wherever you are. I mean, that is outstanding stuff. They're 15 and 0 at home, 27 and 2 overall. That's a bid stealer right there because they're a lock. They can lose their conference tournament. They will get in as much as they've done. What I'm really hoping for with the committee is they learn from their mistakes last year when they put Loyola Chicago in the 8 9 game. I need them to realize that mistake and put them up around. Give them the even six. if they give them a six, give them six or a seven, seven. I, yeah. I would be happy with that. Yeah. But this is a team that 100% deserves to be ranked in that area because they're they're re legit. They don't have a lot of guys with name value that you kind of like pop your eyes at, but they just play. They're a really sound team together as a team. They play really good defense. I mean, they held a Belmont team with all that firepower to under 50 points the other night. They might be 
building a statue for Matt McMahon. He's their a coach really good there. coach. He uh, he was the he's one. He's gonna that... get. He's gonna start getting looks because 100%. they had 100%. the one down year last season. But other than that, his last five years have been impressive. And you you could say Murray State has been known to be a pretty good basketball program. But still, when he took it over, he had a couple years of getting them back on track. And then boom, twenty six and six win the conference, go to the tournament. 28 and 5 win the conference go to the tournament and win a game 23 and 9 I don't think win they the just conference won a game. they absolutely destroyed oh, Marquette they destroyed him right that was in 2019 that then was Marcus Howard's last year then they were gonna go when the tournament got canceled as well mm-hmm. and now here they are 27 and 2 I told you undefeated in their conference yeah so, man that that wow. program's got a great lineage so Steve Prom was the the coach before him and he, we saw mm-hmm. him in that yeah. uh 6-11 game when we played Iowa State there's a really good lineage of basketball in that conference but not just that conference that program is incredible if you see them as I mean think of putting them as a seven seed and you're a, a two seed that has to see them in the second round I don't know if the, the common fan's going to look at that and say, you know what, um, they're playing Duke. Like, just move Duke ahead. I think the really analytical people are going to look at that and see them as a team that can make the Sweet 16. Who else are you looking at? Is that There's got to be uh, another conference. I, I brought that one up. So what, you give me one conference tournament. Who's got like more than a team or maybe two or three where you're like, oh, I can't wait to pick you these teams. You know what? I, I'm not... Just thinking off the top of my head, this is a team that's not obviously guaranteed to win their conference tournament and go, but Toledo's very interesting in the MAC. And the now MAC. The, the MAC is always tough trying to predict in the tournament. They're not very successful because they never take two teams. Well, that's true could too. this finally be the one if Ohio doesn't get it, doesn't win it? Ohio, are they going to get Ohio in? Ohio had some losses recently that kind of concern you, but no, the, the the carry kid for Toledo, I think he put up like forty two points the other night. He's ridiculous. Um, uh, that's a team. If you are in a player pool come March and you have to take a higher, uh, double digit seat, they're going to be a 13 or lower. A, he's a yeah. guy that you have to keep an eye on because he's going to fill it up. He might only give you one game, but he's going to fill it up. Yeah. So the Mac only has the two teams that are getting into the mid twenties with wins. And when you don't have those super quality it's, non-conference it's wins, your overall win-loss record has to be really pretty. And neither of them are ranked, so well, that's honestly, tough. And their Kempom rating isn't that with, high either. That might happen with the OVC, too, because if Belmont doesn't win the, the conference title, I mean, it's going to be really hard to build their resume because OU beat them. Belmont, you're saying? Belmont's Right, great. yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't think Belmont's in. No, they're 24-6, Murray State is, though. So if, Belmont, a lock. if Belmont wins a that conference tournament... They steal a bid from a mid-major, and that very well could affect a team like <laughs> Ohio if yeah. they're right on the bubble, and it might turn out again where the MAC is a or one another big Ohio league. team in Dayton because Dayton's really come on yeah, hot of late. How about the Flyers? They could win their regular season championship, and then it's 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 tough to win the regular season and then do it again in the conference tournament, and they will have to win the A10 tournament to get in. But 100%. they look like a team that's committed and that can do it right now. Well, I. Man, they have three quad four losses that just absolutely hurt your resume, but they are so fun to watch. They've got a couple of freshmen in Deron Holmes and Malachi Smith that are really good for the future of that program. I'm very curious to see how that tournament's going to go. I think it's going to come down to, depends on seating, but I think it's going to be a St. Bonaventure versus Dayton final. Like, it's going to be very, very intriguing. All right, if it's what you're looking for, as promised, Colin's going to give more of his takes on this Ohio State Buckeyes team that if they beat Maryland... They are going to move up in the AP poll. They're going to have an even prettier number. And 
beating Illinois on the road, quad one, true road wins. That's what the selection committee, that is what really gets them weak in the knees. So good job. We'll take a zero second break to you. We'll actually tell you about these drinks that we're having here in the studio right now. We're having a good time. We're getting all hopped up. We're getting filled with caffeine here. So more to come. Episode 60 of Mad About Hoops. It's just so much fun right now. I'm Timmy Hall. He's Evil Bald Colin. We're your guys from the fan who just love college basketball. I got to tell you, the 9 o'clock tips, too, like what you have with Ohio State and Illinois, gets you off the air at 1240. I saw you left a note for your your friend in the morning. I did, yeah. Saw a sheet of paper there. (laughs) Thought about just telling him how close we were to crossing paths. Not that long now. When you have a morning radio show that starts at 6 a.m. His producer, at least, we were about an hour. Shark, yeah. yeah. Shark would be in very, very early because he, of course, does all the work. He's getting it all done. I think he's there at like Cutting 2 a.m. So, yeah, you're, you're doing about, the hard work. You're about an hour away from him. We appreciate you, Shark. We appreciate all the fine producers out there that are on the front lines making this stuff happen. So, so here's what we're going to do. As I told you, this is going to be the part of the podcast where we're going to, you're going to hear us like we do the three, two, one, and then we'll like kind of go back into bringing it back like it's live radio because I'm going to play this on the show. So uh, the folks that maybe listen to the Buckeye show a lot, but they haven't been persuaded to listen to this podcast, they'll get a taste of me and Colin doing what we do, having some fun with Matt about hoops. And we also do hope to, for the people that live in Columbus, we hope to have some news in the coming weeks, we're trying to uh, to get out there and maybe do some live podcasts. We know our soccer pod is getting to do something cool at the Crew Stadium That's tomorrow. Awesome. That's a so really we of cool course, event. We, of course, have Big Ten tournament action coming up, and it's the greatest time to be alive, to be out at a bar, out somewhere, watching basketball. So we might want to just do a, a live recording of a podcast. We can just take our equipment, set up, and, and uh, hone into the studio and, and have some fun. So here we go. We're going to start the recording. You could just keep listening. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. You, no, just don't don't listen. You just you leave the podcast now. You'll just pick it up on the Buckeye show. All right. So in three, two, one. And we're rolling along on the Buckeye show here on a Friday night. And we're actually bringing you a little mad about hoops on the Buckeye show. If you want some more of this, you can go and download that podcast. Episode 60 came out today. My friend is evil bald Colin. He's your producer for Rothman and ice dude. You're about the, you're the other guy here at the station. That is more jacked up than me about this time of year. What a win for the bucks last night, huh? Well, man, this is our time of year, man. We're, we're, we really gear up for March and now we're in, I mean, as Tuesday comes, we will be in the month of basketball, which is really, really exciting. No, yeah, that that Illinois game was, as I said, my heart kind of went up and down and up and down. My heart monitor it was going out of control. Those games, they keep you locked in, man. Do not go to bed early when the basketball bucks are playing because you don't know oh, what's going to happen. It's it's tough. It really is hard. I th- I think I've got the new phrase or the new slogan for Ohio State basketball. It's it's just like it's like this: Ohio State basketball. Read the warning label. That's it. You know, beware. Whatever, and you can make up, you know, 50 different things. It could lead to uh, a pacemaker being installed later in life, things like that. 
Uh, if you have heart palpitations, maybe not the thing for you, or it will give you heart palpitations. If you have heart problems, not the thing that you want to watch. But Colin, you know, we spend so much time talking about how teams need to be great down the stretch in a game, right? I don't want to over, I don't want to say that's not important because it is, but maybe we do lose sight of the 40 minutes in a basketball game and how it does mean something. If you can absolutely dominate the game in the middle 20 minutes, which is about what they did coming back from an early 13 point deficit, building a a 14 or 16 point deficit early in the second half and forcing Underwood who went crazy in this one to take two timeouts. Well, it gives you some leeway, right? If you you build that 13-point lead that if a team gets hot late, then you can try to suffocate it, which is what they did. I mean, give credit to Illinois, man. They were hitting shots that I you, you see on NBA games. Like, you see Steph Curry and Klay Thompson hit with Alfonso Plummer, and even Trent Frazier got in the mix. But uh, That no, three it, he hit, it was, it was drifting insane. on Eugene Brown, you're just like, oh, come on. Right, like, like, like at with that 14 point, seconds of you're like, come on. And I'm sure they're telling Eugene in, in film, man, like, hey, you did your job. At some point, just the offense does their job a little bit better. Well, and you had to notice this, too, as you analyze the game. The way that Illinois was jacking in threes all night, and a dude hits eight for them, as you mentioned, Plummer, sets a record. You could see how that affected Ohio State's defense in those final four minutes and that was the bread and butter for Illinois. Credit to them. They were able to use their the aggressiveness of the defense. They yeah. drove it, you know? Ohio yes. State's defense was aggressive and in their face, and they would hit them with a little head fake, and then they were driving to the basket. And that really, along with the couple threes that they hit, got them right back into that game in a hurry because Ohio State had to foul them, or they just gave up a lot of layups and dunks down the stretch. Yeah, I they, they played it perfectly, and that was a great game. But I think what's... It honestly makes me more encouraged for what Ohio State did to kind of put that game on ice is that they took those punches. They took some of the best that in, Illinois is going to ever give a team or a defense because they're just that good. They're one of the top 20 defense or offenses in the country per Kempom. It's just when you can take a team that's shooting threes at a clip like that, They I think they finished around 50, 48%, something like that. Man. And you can take those punches and go back down the court and get what you need and not feel the pressure of them coming, of them coming back. I, I think what Holtman did is with taking that timeout when they got down to two and really settled the team down, and you've got EJ hitting a, just an NBA-style jump shot. Uh, you've got Malachi Branham taking the ball and wanting the ball up at the top when they get it across half court and really demanding it. That's the type of stuff you want to see going into March because they know their roles and how to handle the game. All right, Colin. So Ohio State's 18 and 7 overall. That's a really good spot. They're Very 11 good. they're they're 11 and 5 in the Big 10 now. It's a real thing. They're this late in the season with three of their four at home. Wisconsin and Purdue have four losses. Illinois has five losses now just like you with the 12th win. So everything that you know cuz Tell the listeners, you watch these games with a very critical eye. Like, there's two things that they do wrong in a basketball game. You're <laughs> texting me about it. You're noticing it. But your overall view, what is this Ohio State team going to be down these final four games? Where do you see them going in tournament play? Well, last night, cr- critical. Really, the only thing I had critical to say is I think they waited a little too long to call the timeout. That's really all it was. Besides that, they, they it was they about the very, under two minute mark when it was a two point game, right? Yeah, I would have called that. it probably a couple yeah. possessions before, which you you pointed out the exact Fair scenario, enough. which was yeah. pretty good. But again, if that's really the only issue you have in the game, that's pretty good for you. Uh, in terms of the, I mean, this team 
it feels like last year, man. They have a high ceiling and they have a low floor depending on how they come out in the game. It's just kind of the, the honest fact about it. It's going to be about matchups. I saw Lunardi has them with a five seed of like UConn. And I, I, I personally would enjoy that because I know they match up pretty decently well. And actually, I think of UConn as like a, a light Illinois, which is very funny to talk about. Uh, this this team <laughs> has a lot about it that they can lean on. They can lean on, and I think they should. The ball handling of Malachi Branham, I love what Jamari Wheeler can bring to the game, but honestly, yeah. I think they need to trust Malachi is that dominant one in certain situations. Well, I hope least. they can challenge Jamari to play better, too. Well, they should. Because if you're the point, you've got to have some trust in your guy to break the press and not turn the ball over. We didn't need that that wild lob pass to Kyle Young. That was a quick, he turned the ball over a lot down the stretch. It that is what was, it is. Yeah, that was one thing I was kind of worried about taking on his full-time role in his first year at Ohio State because he's none, never really done that before. He's never been that main point guard playing 30 minutes a game. Yeah. How is he going to sustain it through the entire season? We've kind of seen him take, I don't know if you can call it like a wall, but it's some type of scenario where it's just, it hasn't been consistent the last couple of games. And I think he'll get back to it. They'll, They'll coach him. They'll look at the film, and they'll get him back on track. But know your two guys. Malachi. E.J. Liddell mm-hmm. and, and Malachi Branham. You've got to play through those two guys because that's when you're, you're your best. Yeah, so if you're Chris Holtman and we're watching, it's kind of cool because you're seeing greatness unfold right before your eyes. And you're not likely getting to see this if Justice Suing was fully healthy. And so this has ramped up the development of Malachi Branham. But still, when... You're appearing in NBA mock drafts and you're a second rounder. It's kind of like, I'm this good. I want to be a lottery pick. So what's your sell? Like if he keeps this up here and say he's still appearing borderline late first, early second, what would you sell him on if you're Chris Holman when you have the breakout meetings in the off season? Oh, what I would sell him on is that nothing's, I mean, even if you get drafted in the NBA, nothing's guaranteed, especially when you're in the back half of the first round. That's just a matter of fact. If you could sell him on coming back, being an All-American, and being a, a lottery pick. I, I think that's as easy it could be for him. But player honestly, of the year? Yeah, player of the yeah. year, the whole nine yards. You we can believe honestly you could do it. give him what you gave EJ Liddell this past offseason, plus whatever feedback he's going to get. Because I think he'll do the, I declare, but I won't sign with an agent. Route. I go, do declare. Yeah, go, yeah he, should. Go and talk, he should. Go and talk with all the, league, the teams in the league and find out from them what he needs to improve on. And I think that would be a good... Uh, measuring stick. I think, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter what I think because honestly, it could be he could have a Michael Conley situation where he goes off in the tournament and it just gets better and better and better and he rolls and moves up those mock drafts like crazy, or he could be a guy that sits in the back of the first round and really debates would another year really help me out. He's the evil bald Colin Berenger. You guys are catching a little bit of the Mad About Hoops podcast on the Buckeye Show here on a Friday night. My last thing for you is this. Now you've pretty much seen the whole Big Ten season. And we text all the time, even when it's not Ohio State playing, if it's a Wisconsin-Purdue game, whatever. If it's, uh, you know, Nebraska and Rutgers, whatever. We're watching it. What have you seen from these Big Ten teams as they go forward into tournament time? What, What sort of one or two things pops out about you know, how this season has gone in the Big Ten. Well, if I was advising other conferences that are going to see Big Ten teams in the tournament, I'd say just because they don't have the same name power and firepower as last year doesn't mean they're any worse because this is still a team that's or a league that's very deep. I mean, you're talking about a Nebraska team that Ohio State's going to see, Bryce McGowan's. I mean, he's going to go head-to-head with Malachi Branham as the best freshman in the league, without a doubt. They're going to And he should lose to Malachi. 
I he think should. I think it's shifting. I think it's shifting because I thought it was Bryce McAllen's for the longest time, but it's definitely starting to shift in the other direction. Uh, Malachi's a bigger player for a better team here. I, I'm Let's not going to. I'm not going to disagree with you at all on that. But is is Purdue the best for you still? Purdue is the best. Purdue is my preseason uh, Big Ten champion. I think we can kind of easily say that at this point. They've they've reached their uh, top echelon, and will they roll into the tournament? We'll figure that out. But. Uh, to, to be able to be in a situation where you're only a one game back in the loss column of Purdue really says something about how Ohio State's achieved uh, everything they could really look to get to other than being the outright champion. All right, my man. Thanks for doing this tonight. Of course, man. Can't wait. March is going to be great. And like <laughs> I told you before we started this uh, mock dress and that going to really speak up or really pick up. But I can't wait to see how Branham really improves throughout the rest of the season. All right, man. We'll see you soon. Okay. Can't wait, man. See ya. Well, there you go, everybody. That was the full, that's what you heard on the Buckeye show. So we just did that right here in the middle of the podcast. And, uh, you know, uh, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to play this, but we, we have a Paul Keels clip that's in the show open, right? I don't know, but I'm getting the feeling maybe we can get another classic play-by-play bite down the stretch. If EJ Liddell or Malachi Branham hits a big shot in a buzzer beating fashion, because the Evan Turner one at the big 10 tourney is such a classic one. The one that you hear, this was Paul last night as uh, we're recording here in uh, on a Friday, the day after Ohio state beats Illinois on the road, this was to hold him off. And I did have flashes of uh, Butler and Duke, and I was hoping it went the same way, that Butler would miss, miss the shot like they did at the end of the national championship so the Buckeyes Great. could win. Grandison handed the ball for Illinois, throws it inbound, and coming up the left side, Frazier throws it from half court, no good, and Ohio State is going to escape Champaign with a shocking but successful 86-83 victory, a game that Ohio State wins after they were down by 13 in the first half. And what a win for this Buckeye basketball team. It was a great win, and it was terrifying as well. So that'll about wrap things here for episode 60. And you know what? We uh, This could be sort of like a mock if we're going to get some advertisements here on Mad About Hoops, which, of course, the uh, the name, image, and likeness door, it is wide open and uh, ready for all comers. I don't know what this was, but somebody, and I asked everybody at the station, I, I came into work, and there was a brown paper bag, and I opened it up, and there were these cool-looking things. They almost look like red stripe bottles, don't they? The that's shape good, of that's, them? That's a very good point to make. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly don't know a whole lot about this brand other than our guy. I know I'm drinking it. Our guy, well, that too. Yeah. And uh, our guy Brandon Beam posted about it during the Illinois game. Oh, he did? Yes. Did Beam give these to us? Yes. Well, he was talking about how he's going to need this in the morning because he's up late, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So if this was from Beamer... We appreciate you, man. Yeah, it's a dang good cold brew. I'm reading the label. It says, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Just a heads up. Dang good cold brew. Ope with an exclamation mark. So if you're looking for that afternoon pick me up that you can't find anywhere else, crack open an ice cold dang good cold brew. It's Ope. Mm. It's getting me through a Friday afternoon. I'll tell you that. Mm. Mm. It's tasty, man. It's very good. It's yeah. very good. I mean, you especially can, when you're up till one a.m. You can drink it straight. I mean, I'm not a big black coffee drinker, but man, I I don't have to put anything in this. First one's free, guys. First one's free. <laughs> Timmy Hall and Evil Bald Colin. This has been fun. Again, tell your friends if uh, they're looking for some more college basketball content as we go into the busiest and craziest month of the season. 
it will be great. And hopefully we'll have some news about getting out in the community and maybe setting up shop and doing one of these podcasts somewhere. So uh, we will see you guys next time. This has been episode 60 of Mad About Hoops. Get ready.